Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 48 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. We're sprinting to the finals right now with only the final round to go. And before I get into my tips for round 18, I wanted to touch on a couple of stories that came about over the last week. And uh, I want to dive into a couple of other things as we get going as well. I hope everyone has had a fantastic week. Been a little crazy around my house. Uh, one morning last week, one of my dogs got sprayed by a skunk while we were outside. Well, while they were outside, I was getting ready to come into school. And we occasionally get skunks in our neighborhood and uh, hadn't encountered one in my yard for quite a while. Pretty sure that she ran right into the skunk head on in the garage because she's not necessarily an aggressive dog, but she's a dog that isn't afraid to confront anything quite often out of curiosity. And uh, for those of you who have never encountered the spray of a skunk or the, the odor of a skunk, and I talked to a couple people online who weren't sure what that would be all about, I don't exactly know how to describe it other than to say that it's uh, the most powerful or one of the most powerful pungent vile odors that you're ever going to encounter. And if, if you're ever considering making a trip to visit the U.S., um, you should check out some of our uh, more specialized fragrances that we have to offer, like skunk. Oh boy, a lot of fun. And one of the things you can do to help get rid of that odor is, is use tomato juice. And uh, well, I had a couple bottles of tomato juice in the cupboard for this very reason. I don't drink tomato juice, I'm not a big fan of it. And they've been in there for several years, so by now it might have actually been tomato wine, I don't know. But in conjunction with some baby shampoo, we were able to get rid of a good chunk of the smell that she had on her. And uh, later that evening, gave her another bath or shower, if you will, with a uh, specialized shampoo that chemically balances out or countermands the, uh, the skunk spray. So she's pretty much back to normal with the, ex with the exception of a couple little spots around her jowls where I just cannot get rid of the smell but I'm gonna trim the hair back there and she's just gonna to have to look funny for a little while. Borrowed a live trap from one of my neighbors in hopes of catching the skunk and then being able to uh, remove it properly and permanently from my yard. Well, the skunk had other plans. I'd sealed up my garage. I'd closed up the garage door where he was and I saw him in the garage. And uh, I went back out to check the trap at around midnight and he had uh, pulled the inner lining and all of the insulation off of about a circle with a circumference, well, a radius of about a foot in the bottom panel of my large garage door, which is where the car comes in. And I had insulation all over the floor. So at around midnight that night, I realized that one way or the other, that skunk is going through that door. Either he's going to tear a hole in it, which is going to cause a huge expense or I'm going to go ahead and leave the door open about six inches to allow him to crawl out overnight, which I did. Skunk's gone, but I've still got to do some repairs to the garage door. Of course, you know, thought that's the end of it. Things are all better. The next day, I'm downstairs doing a load of laundry, and I find a snake in the laundry sink in my basement. I, uh, this is the third snake I've found in my yard this year. I haven't found one ever in the previous... 24 years that we've lived in this house so I don't know what's going on here but uh, fortunately I did not have any locusts flying around my house when I got up today so 
I wanted to dive into a few stories from round 18 and leading into, excuse me, from round 17 and leading into round 18. And first off, I uh, have a couple things I need to address before I jump in. I want to give a big shout out of thanks to uh, Orville Gibson from Queensland. He sent me a uh, Cats football, one that has the signatures of the uh, the players from the 2005 Cats Club on there. So, an abs and also a great sticker. I just haven't decided what I want to put it on yet. Uh, I'll find a spot for it, but I haven't figured out where I want to put it yet because it looks like it's been around for a while. It looks like a really cool classic sticker. So it is, uh, it's a fantastic gift. Orville, I can't thank you enough. I, I do have to fess up. I have not shipped the box to you yet. It is all set up on the uh, table right by my front door to get to uh, the post office. I've just not been able to get to the post office yet, or I've not gone to the post office I'm certainly able to get there. I just haven't made it there yet. Hopefully it's going to happen this week. Maybe I can get my wife involved to have her help me out because she does a lot of stuff with shipping from where she works, so maybe she can take care of that for me. And I also wanted to thank Darren Green for some great insight about the city of Cairns. I mispronounced it last week, and I know I'm probably sounding like a fool when I did it, and if you listen to last week's episode, everybody's probably hollering at your uh, your phone or your computer. That's not how we pronounce it. Uh, but uh, Darren is the founder and president of the Richmond RVA Lions, Australian Rules Football Club here in, in the state of Virginia. And uh, he lived in Cairns for a number of years, and he corrected me with the pronunciation and gave me a lot of uh, great links online to help uh, learn a little bit more about the city because I was speculating that it seemed to rain there all the time because every game... I think I've ever watched out of that city. It's been raining. So, Darren, thanks a bunch for the the, the help there and helping me correct my uh, my pronunciation. So, I truly appreciate it. Now, I've got to ask, and I just want to toss this out here: um, Has there been a better goal this year than Brent than Brent Daniels' uh, dribble kick against the D's? That was that was fantastic. I think that's a goal that uh, Eddie Betts had to look at and say, I don't know if I could have done that. Now, I'm sure he has, but uh, that was a fantastic goal. Just the, the, It did not look like it had a shot at, at going in, and it made that huge right turn at the last moment. So I think it's got a shot at goal of the year. Uh, have you got a better one? Is there a better one that you've seen this year that maybe I missed? I haven't watched every game, but uh, maybe there's one that you uh, have seen that that I was not aware of. But I think that's got to be in, in the consideration for, for goal of the year. Now, round 18 has uh, the possibility of 10 teams moving up and down the ladder this round. And I think that that's something that, that the competition has to be thrilled about. That sure, there are only a few spots that are still available in terms of who could possibly be playing finals, but the fact that there is still that fluidity going into the final round of the fixture has to give the, the, the powers that be in the league some, uh, some pride, if you will, of, of realizing that they've, they've thus far been able to pull off a, a pretty good competition 
in a really, really set of trying circumstances. And, uh, you know, you get basically four teams that are battling for the seventh and eighth spots. And the two that are in seven and eight right now could very easily drop out. You know, the Saints, Bulldogs, Giants, and Ds are battling for those spots. And like I said, you know, eight of the nine games this round are going to have a direct impact on the ladder. And I don't think you could, you could ask for more than that. But I guess, yeah, sure, nine out of nine. But uh, it's, it's amazing that each of those games is going to have something to say about where different teams finish on the ladder. The Suns and Hawks contest is the only one that's not going to have a direct impact. Now, with this being the final round, there are a handful of players who have announced that they're going to be stepping away from the game, or they've already announced that they're going to be doing it. And Adelaide's Bryce Gibbs retired effective the last round, as did uh, Matthew Kreuzer from Cruiser from uh, Carlton. Cade Simpson's playing his last round as well. Tom Bell Chambers and Connor McKenna of the Bombers are stepping away from the game. Pierce Hanley from the Gold Coast Suns are stepping away. And just saw yesterday, I noticed that uh, Paul Puopolo and, and Ben Stratton have announced that, uh, that their matchup with the Suns is going to be their final game of their career as well. And if you add it up, you know, it's 1,601 AFL games played by these gentlemen. And, and gents, uh, I just want to give you a hat tip um, for great careers, for providing, you know, great entertainment for the fans of this game, for the uh, members of your club throughout your careers. And uh, congratulations. And I wish you best of luck in your future endeavors. Now, I'm recording this sitting in my classroom at 6.20 a.m. And about this time yesterday, I was watching the AFL's version of a Phoenix rising, if you will. And Mason Cox, well, he turned, he turned the clock back yesterday. You know, this, yeah, let's be honest, he has been very mal maligned. And, you know, he's struggled to find his way back into the 22 with the club. In some cases, you could argue he ended up back out there simply because of the sheer volume of injuries that the club has had. But yesterday, what he did was very reminiscent of the 2018 finals contest that he had. And, you know, if my fellow Yank, and I know he's on his way to becoming an Australian citizen, and by now he may already be, um, can make this kind of an impact going into the finals. And, you know, the Pies are getting healthy again with Jordan DeGoey and Adam Trelore back, and the prospect of a few other players possibly getting back as finals come around. Is this a, uh, is this a club that could uh, duplicate what the Bulldogs did back in 2016? I mean, they're, they're a talented club. You know, those of, you know, those folks that don't like the Magpies, I don't think you can deny that they, they've got as much, if not more, talent than most clubs that are out there. And if they're getting healthy at the right time, there's nothing to say that, that they can't win this whole darn thing. So, you know, this, this year's finals should absolutely be crazy. And while I'm looking forward to this last round to see how things shake out, I can't wait to see what happens next in the finals because it's going to be it's going to be exciting. And I know that some people think that there should be an asterisk with this year because there's fewer games and it's not playing at home, etc. But they're playing footy, and, I, and I'm thrilled about seeing it. And uh, 
The last uh, thing I wanted to do before I jumped into the, uh, the tips for this week is, uh, this is kind of on a, a personal level for myself here. You know, four years ago, I made the decision to become a cat supporter. And, you know, it's a, it's a decision that I certainly don't regret. I'm thrilled to be a cat supporter. I've interacted with countless cat supporters online, you know, people who I have conversation, lengthy conversations with on a regular basis, whether it be through direct messages on Twitter or instant message on Facebook, that sort of thing. I'm engaging with, with cat supporters. Now, I'm engaging with supporters of other clubs as well, but uh, I've, I've been welcomed with open arms into the virtual cattery, if you will. Now, the, the, one, the one regret that I might have is that I really don't look very good in hoops, but that's, that's my fault. That's nothing, that's nothing else. Um, but the player that ultimately pushed me in the direction of becoming a cat supporter, I think I mentioned it way back in episode number one, but if you hadn't listened to that one, it's not who you might think. It's not the big goal, the big goal kicking key forward. I was hoping that he would be the reason that my wife would become a fan of the game. That hasn't worked out yet. It's not one of the uh, the two devil may care midfielders who've you know already established themselves as stars in the game and our future Hall of Famers. It wasn't them. It was a young kid who I didn't know any different, who played with this frenetic energy and wasn't afraid to mix it up all over the grounds. He had blazing speed. He tackled like a freight train and did all of it with a huge smile on his face, which, you know, made me think, you know, this is, this is somebody I could gravitate towards watching because he looks like he's having a hell of a lot of fun doing it. And that player was Nakaya Cockatoo. And unfortunately, since I made that decision to become a cat supporter because of him, number five has had a really difficult time getting and staying healthy with a myriad of injuries. You know, he's had a lot of lower leg injuries, a lot of um, hamstring, knee injuries, that sort of thing. This year he's battled back, his legs have been healthy, and he was able to make a lot of contributions in the club scratch matches, but he was not able, you know, and he was pushing to get into the 22. There was a lot of speculation that he would get a game here and there. It didn't happen. And unfortunately, he, uh, he suffered a wrist injury a couple of weeks ago during one of the scratch matches and had been trying to play through it, but I guess it's become progressively worse. And the club is having him head back to Melbourne to have surgery on that wrist. And as well as the, the uh, the birth of his first child. He and his partner are having their first baby, which is fantastic news. But you know, he would, I think would have been heading back for that. You know, and I want to congratulate he and his partner for this uh, upcoming birth. But I, I think I've been following the game long enough to realize that this may very well have an impact on Nakaya Cockatoo's future with the Cats. Now I hope I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's out of contract this year. He's not played in an AFL game since 2018. And I honestly, I have no idea, and, and some of you would have better insight about this. Uh, I have no idea if the leadership thinks that it's a good idea to set aside a spot for him on the list for next year. Now you couple that with you know, his, his injury history, which he seemed, other than the risk that he just had, he seems to have been healthy this year. He just wasn't able to get a game. You, know, you couple that with the fact that the AFL may be reducing the size of the lists next year and that proverbial handwriting might be on the wall. 
So it's very possible Nakia Cockatoo may be, you know, following Lincoln McCarthy um, and, you know, playing for a different club next year. I certainly get it. You know, sports is a cutthroat business. And, you know, here's hoping that he can find success in the AFL in 2021. Hopefully he can find great health. Hopefully it's with the Cats. I don't know if it's going to be, but I hope so. But if not, wherever he happens to land, I hope he has success. I hope he's healthy with whatever club picks him up. Because I think you know, he still has the skill set to be a dynamic player in the game. He's got fantastic speed. He's got a nose for the ball. And I really hope that things work out for him. Because if I'm not mistaken, he still, despite all of this, is only 23 years old. And I know that some people, the mindset is, well, yeah, that's, you know, that's four or five years into a career there in the competition. But I think he's still got a lot of games left in him if he gets the opportunity wherever it may be. So hoping he's still with the Cats, but we shall see. Now, before I wrap up, I did want to get into my tips for the, the final round. Had an okay week last week. I got six out of nine. I missed out on the Cats game. And... uh Missed out on the Giants game as well, and the Blues yet again. So here are my tips for round 18 in the order that the games are being played. So we've got West Coast in North Melbourne. I've got West Coast winning this one by 25. Might be a higher number than that. You know, and unless the Cats falter this week, the Eagles are pretty much locked into the fifth spot on the ladder. They could move up. They do have a shot at a double chance. So I think the, that the Eagles are going to do everything they possibly can to ensure that they win this game. So I don't think they're going to take the Kangaroos lightly. Yeah, I fully expect them, you know, even though they've been beat up a little bit in terms of injuries in the last couple of rounds, I think they'll outclass North on Thursday, and they're going to win this one by, by several goals. And they're going to hold out hope that Sydney knocks off the Cats to allow them to get a shot at the uh, – at the second uh, or double chance once the finals come about. Now, St. Kilda and GWS, and I've got St. Kilda winning this one by six points. On paper, you would think that the Port Adelaide and Collingwood game looks like the game of the round, and maybe it is. It's the final game, but I think in reality that this, this game is the most important. You know, the Saints you know, have been in many ways kind of the darlings of the competition this year. Everybody's been excited well not maybe not excited but everybody's been impressed with the way that they've played throughout most of the year they've they've been in the top four quite a bit but over the last four rounds they've been in a free fall they've lost three out of four and the Giants have been enigmatic at best this year and they've lost three out of their last five yet they still have a shot at making the finals and uh, they need help they need both the Bulldogs and the D's to lose and they also need to beat the Saints now the Saints if they lose and the Bulldogs and D's win, they could possibly drop out of the eight completely. I mean, that would, that would finish their collapse for the year. So both of these teams must win this game, and I think it's going to be a total slug. I think it's going to be a slugfest. I think this is going to be, like I said, I think this is going to be the best game of the week. Okay, so I've got it being a close game. I've got St. Kilda winning it by six points. Now moving on to Melbourne and Essendon. I've got, I've got the D's winning this one by 16 They've dropped three out of their last five, but they're still on the cusp of earning a spot in the eight. You know, a lot of these teams that are, that are going in to those final spots are kind of backing in or trying to just hang on. Okay. 
I think the Bulldogs might be the exception to that. But like I said, they've dropped three out of their last five. They're a talented club, but they've been up and down every every aspect of the season. They've been very enigmatic, <clears throat> like the Giants have been. And they uh, they need the Dockers to knock off the Bulldogs in order to have a shot at getting in. But, you know, the Bombers, let's be honest, I think they just want this season over. They want a fresh start moving on to 2021. They've got some players that are that are leaving the club, They've you know, in terms of retirement. They've got others that may be leaving due to wanting to get out of their situation and move on to another club. I'm hearing, you know, seeing rumors that, that the, uh, that the cats might be interested in Joe Danaher talented player when he's healthy, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think that in the great grand scheme of things, you know, the, you know, the cats have got a lot of uh, picks this year and I have no idea what the draft is like because I'm not that in tune into things, but I think they could certainly use as much of a uh, an injection of youth as they possibly could. So, I don't know if they're going to use any of that draft capital in order to try to to try to bring uh, Joe Danaher to uh, to Geelong. Now I've got Richmond and Adelaide playing one another, and I've got Richmond winning this one by 12 points. And, and the Tigers they outclassed the Cats last weekend. As as you know, I'm a Cat supporter, and they uh, they outplayed the Cats. And a hat tip to hat tip to Richmond. They are the defending premiers for a reason. They're a good club. Okay. And they have, you know, pretty much locked themselves into a top four spot. I don't think they can actually drop out of that. That being the case, you know, I think that they, you know, need to knock off the Crows, you know, because I believe West Coast could possibly jump up to three if things went well. Um, yeah, the Crows have, have been providing a ton of excitement these last few weeks. They've won three in a row. And again, I've said this all season, they've played hard every game I've watched and I've seen eight or nine of their games and I, I plan on going back and watching others over our winter time because you know having the app it lets me do that sort of thing and uh, you know they have had a, an opportunity to play spoiler in these last couple of rounds they, they knocked off the blues and basically you know eliminated the blues from finals chances they dealt a serious blow to the Giants a couple weeks you know ago in terms of playing finals as well and like I said, while I think that you know the Tigers are going to win this game, I, I'm I'm supremely confident that Matthew Nix is going to have this this group ready to play. They're going to play hard. They're going to be pesky. They're going to give the Tigers everything that they want. And I think the Tigers, in many ways, will be thankful for that because it's going to be a great jumping off point going into finals because they have you know they they're going to be facing better clubs or better club the following week, but. They certainly don't want this to be a game that they just kind of coast through. And I think Adelaide's going to give them everything they want. You know, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's going to give the Tigers some, some headaches as they go along here. And wouldn't it be fantastic, though, if you're a, a Crows supporter, if they're able to knock off the Tigers? You know, Bryce Gibbs is retiring after this season. It wouldn't be great if they, uh, you know, won this one for him. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, I've said that several times where I've picked against the Crows and they've proved me wrong. But I think that the Tigers are going to win this one. Now, Brisbane and Carlton. I've got Brisbane winning this one by 15. You know, the Lions, they have a shot at earning the minor premiership. And, you know, the Blues are, are licking their wounds from the last four rounds you know, where they've dropped three of those games. You know, Air Kipwood has had a 
fantastic game last round, and I think the Lions are going to do everything they possibly can, you know, to try to ensure that they play every r- game the rest of the way at the GABA. So there's no op- there's no possibility of them having to play a finals contest elsewhere. So I think they're going to go for it and try to win this one. You know, the Blues they're they've got to be a little down in the dumps because they got eliminated and they lost their opportunity to play finals. I think it's still going to be a, a, a good competition, but I think that Brisbane needs this game more than anything, and I think they're going to go ahead and, and take this one by two and a half goals and then wait and see what happens with uh, Collingwood and Port Adelaide just to see whether or not they jump up to be the minor premiers. And the game that you could argue doesn't mean much this year, I've got Gold Coast uh, beating Hawthorne by 14. And the Suns, they pushed the Magpies pretty hard last week. I guess that was technically yesterday. And uh, I think they're going to want to finish the season on a high note. And there's a lot of things to look forward to at Gold Coast. Hopefully their membership increases um, over this this coming um, summertime for them. And the, uh, the excitement that they've shown through many of their games this year leads to higher attendance and the possibility of maybe bringing in even a larger collection of of quality players to help them become a more relevant team than they already are. I think, you know, the needle is definitely pointing upwards for the the Suns, you know, and I I think that the Hawks are realizing that they are facing a lengthy rebuild. You know, both both these teams, they're they're playing for the future with, you know, I think the Suns being much closer to being a, a finals club than the Hawks are. Okay, so I've got Gold Coast winning this in by 14. And then we get to uh, the Cats and the Swans. And I've got Geelong winning this in by 23 points. The Cats, they struggled mightily against uh, Richmond. And you, like I said, you got to tip your cap to them. Yeah, I saw some Cat supporters that were saying that, uh, that maybe they were content just getting through the game healthy and saving their bullets, if you will, for finals. And maybe that makes sense because... You know, had this been a game they had to win, I think Joel Selwood probably would have played. Maybe they would have brought Reese Stanley back in. You know, Gary Rowan, and I, I mentioned this in a couple postings online. You know, Gary Rowan, for somebody who does not mark the ball very often, he sure does an awful lot with those marks when he takes them. And, you know, the, the Tigers did a masterful job of, of locking down Tom Hawkins last week. And I think part of that was simply the fact that they did not have Gary Rowan as a distractor in the forward 50 where you had to account for him because he's slashing through and, and you know, taking marks that people aren't looking for or expecting to have happen. And he wasn't there to do that, so it allowed the, the Tigers' defense to, to spend more time focusing on, on Hawkins, realizing that there were not a whole lot of other goal-scoring threats that the, that the Cats had available to them. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, the Tigers were playing with a fairly healthy group at the outset. You know, they, they lost uh, Ivan Soldo. Looks like for the year, looks like a, some sort of a ligament injury. Uh, Tom, Haw- I'm sorry, Tom Lynch had a, uh, a hamstring issue, and, and, you know, he may sit out this game with the, uh, the Crows in order to help him get self get healthy for finals. I will be shocked if he actually plays this week. And, it, you know, like I said, I think Soldo is going to be done for the year. You know, the Cats... I'm not sure what they're going to do as far as who they're going to bring back into the side this round, but you've got 
you've got uh, Gary Ablett Jr. there. You've got Joel Selwood ready to come back in. You've got Gary Rowan ready to come back in, hopefully. You've got Reese Stanley, who's coming back off of an injury. Um, and maybe they're going to get some minutes this round to help get them ready for the, uh, before the qualifying final contest. I don't know. Certainly, you know, if, if you're sitting there thinking, okay, I have to bring four players back into my roster or into my list of 22 for my game, that's not bad right there when you're bringing in two Hall of Famers. That's not a bad thing to have happen. So, you know, the Swans, they played some good footy this year. They've been very competitive. And I think, you know, they, you know they've got a large you know, injury list. They lost most of their talls this year. And they dropped four out of their last five. And I think they're going to put up a good fight. But I just think that, that Geelong is, is too strong of a club. And I, I think they want to do everything they possibly can to ensure that they don't drop out of the top four because they would like to have that double chance. So they may rest a player or two here and there. But I still think they're going to do everything they can to ensure that they stay top four. We've got the Bulldogs and the Dockers, and I've got the Bulldogs winning this one by nine. Now, this is a must-win for the Bulldogs. If they win, they're in. Okay, if they win, they're in. And uh, that being said, I don't think the Dockers are going to make it easy for them. You know, Fremantle has played pretty solid footy all year. Defensively, they're one of the, the better clubs in the competition, I think. You go back and you look at some of the results of their games, They've had, they've had their opponents in a stranglehold for much of the season. And I, I think that, uh, you know, they don't have a shot at playing finals now. They got, they got close. This is another club, I think, along with Gold Coast, whose, whose needle is definitely pointing upward. And I won't be shocked if both of them are playing finals next year. You know, they're going to give the Bulldogs everything they can handle. But I think the Bulldogs have enough talent there that they're able to get this win. So I've got them winning this one by nine. And who knows, maybe they uh, are looking to repeat 2016. Which leads me to the last game for the year. And uh, that's Port Adelaide and Collingwood. And I've got Port Adelaide winning this one by eight points. You know, both of these clubs are playing finals. Port's going to be top two regardless. So even if they lose this game, they're playing top two. You know, the Pies could any end up anywhere between the six and the eight spots. And I think, you know, that, that Port... I think they're being given an opportunity to play an opening round game at the, at the Adelaide Oval. But similar to what uh, Brisbane is doing, I think that they would want to ensure that they could play as many games in Adelaide as they possibly could before finals. So I think that you know, they're going to go out there and try to win this one and ensure that they get to play you know, the first game, maybe the first two games before, you know, if they pl keep playing at the Adelaide Oval rather than having to go back up to the GABA or go elsewhere to play. You know, again, I think the Pies could, could certainly win this, and I think it's going to be a very close game. The Pies are getting healthy at the right time. They may be, may, may be very well repeating the actions of the, the 2016 Bulldogs. You know, having been decimated by injuries, people having written them off as, yeah, they're not, they're, they're not a factor this year. And lo and behold, here they are. So they're getting healthy at the right time. And I think this is going to be a great fight to wrap up the 2020 fixture. I've got Port Adelaide winning it, and I could be completely wrong on that. Okay, so there's my tips for this, this week's games, the final week of the season. Again, please don't take my advice. Don't, uh, you know, 
don't do any tipping on my account and say, well, yeah, because he said it is just, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, I still don't know. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's, uh, that's my set of tips for this week. And don't forget, if you'd like to sign up for the mailing list uh, so that you can get each new episode to deliver to you first, there's a link uh, to a short form in the show notes. It's a couple questions, you know, for your email address, that type of thing. Who, what team do you support? I'd love to add you to the list and get that show out to you as soon as it comes out. For some reason, my most recent episode did not load on Stitcher. So if you have been listening to the show on the Stitcher app, which is actually the app that I listen to podcasts on myself, I just kind of like the way it, it functions better than, than some of the others. Um, hopefully this episode will load there, or otherwise you won't know that this one isn't there either. Uh, also, if you've got any, uh, an idea for a, a show topic, or like I said, had said her before, a guest that you think should come on the show, maybe it's you, uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter or uh, an email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, hopefully you've got some great ideas. And don't forget that uh, while you can find all of the episodes for this podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it through your favorite podcast provider. So if you just search a yank on the footy, your favorite search engine, it'll give you all sorts of different places you can listen to it. And now that you've listened, I hope you'll consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It lets me know what uh, I need to work on, what you think I'm doing well, and it also lets the podcast host know that you like the show and maybe it makes it a little, easy, little easier to find on their platform. And uh, don't forget that you can also reach me to yankonthefooty at gmail.com and on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I want to thank uh, Joseph McDade for the use of a couple of pieces of his music. Mr. McDade's created some fantastic music. I'm using the pieces Backplate and Elevation. You can find him at josephmcdade.com slash music. You can also find him on Spotify as well. And if you haven't done so yet, I invite you to sign up for the mailing list. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening because, well, we're fans of our clubs deep down. We're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. We've got, I believe, seven of the nine games this week being aired here in the United States. And, uh, you know, this round kicks off on Thursday. And if you're not on board with this game, folks, you should be, Okay. It is a fantastic game. I know the NFL season has started. My Browns started off like I expected them to do. They laid an egg. And for those of you who are just starting to watch the games here in the U.S. and Canada, don't forget that Australian noodles football, it's why they invented the DVR. Again, thanks so much for listening. And I ask that you share this podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 48 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Till next time, goodbye.